0: if I lived in Victorville I'd be going to Vegas a lot more frequently I think so how, how long How long is that? 3 hours and some change Um, even from where I'm at now it's probably under 4 hours to drive up there but usually I take a stop over for a little bit let that car rest a little bit you know Uh, This podcast is called Say Hi to Your Pets, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmond, and in this episode, I plan on talking about training day. It's been a while since I've recorded anything, and I've been watching a lot of stuff lately because I'm bored and depressed and there's nothing else to do, although lately I've I found myself just kind of sitting, laying in bed, listening to podcasts with a TV not even on. I don't know. Something's wrong with me and something's wrong with the world. Welcome. You know what I've been doing lately? I've been listening to the strokes a lot lately and I've been thinking about the strokes a lot lately. Quick story. Um, many, many years ago, I watched, I went to a house show in Los Angeles and there was a band called Ariel View, A-R-I-E-L View. You should check them out. When I saw them, they were a four piece girl band and they they performed their set. And one of the songs was a song I recognized, but I didn't, there's my dog. I couldn't tell you the name of the song or the name of the band. And then later, after the fact, I looked it up and it was Reptilia by The Strokes. Shortly after that performance, I saw on their socials that two of the girls had left and one new girl had joined. And then when I last checked their page, it was only the main girl on the Instagram. So I hope everything is okay with them. Go support local music. That's all I have to say about that. But anyway, Strokes is is another band much like B52's Last Month. I never thought about or gave a shit about the Strokes until about a week ago. And because of this Spotify free trial which really works, whoever thought about whoever thought about free trials, uh, I've been using it a lot lately. Unfortunately, um i've been a- kind of obsessed with the strokes I-, I i love them and let me quickly go through the list of liked songs i have so far i have 15 liked songs most of them are the radio hits here we go machu picchu under cover of darkness taken for a fool. life is simple in the moonlight Juice box, Heart in a cage. Someday. Last night. Hard to explain. The adults are talking. Selfless. Reptilia. Automatic stop. 1251. I'll try anything once. The You Only Live Once demo. That's my list so far. I hope to grow the list. 2024 is the year of music, folks. Don't let anyone tell you different um i don't i don't i don't know what that means i don't know why i said it but you know i could go years without not caring about music really Uh, there's music i love there's songs i love there's bands i love but i could go years or decades without caring about discovering new music or even old music that i've never listened to or heard before and then all of a sudden i'm I'm open to the B-52's whole catalog. And now I'm open to the Strokes' whole catalog, and I'm catching up. And, man, the Strokes, they know how to, how to craft a, a song, man. Yeah, I, I was telling my coworker today at work about the Strokes. Have you listened to the Strokes? She's like, eh. She's a youngin', you know, one of those young freaks born in the you know 99 or something they're they're babies they're toddlers walking around they shouldn't be they shouldn't be in a dangerous environment such as a workplace but here we are and she was saying i was like imagine f- five like w- skinny white dudes and then he was she was like with like long hair i'm like yeah so there is a and I know Fabrizio Moretti is, like, Brazilian. I know they're not all white. But she knew what I was talking about. There is a brand of, like, four to five white dudes, skinny, tall, white, skinny pants, that they they feel and see, seem all derivative of each other and feel all the same. And I think that's what I pegged the strokes to be. I never thought about them, but... Man, I've been I've been really loving them. Um, and Pat talks about them all the time. Pat Walsh on We'll See You in Hell. I will probably never see them live because a lot of the videos I see, they're filling, you know, stadiums, thousands of people. That's not my jam. And I probably couldn't afford tickets anyway. But I've been enjoying listening to their music and watching their live stuff. You know, the Strokes, have you heard of them? Go check them out. Today I am recording on February twenty sixth, two thousand twenty four. We are days, just days, folks, away from the release of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I'm pretty excited. They just sent out an email today. It's kind of a kind of quirky email. Congratulations, your reservation at the Gold Saucer is confirmed. Uh, it's kind of cute. Confirmation code. Hashtag C4CTU4R, which spells out Cactuar. Number of guests. One. They know me so well. Number of nights. Roman numeral seven. Check in. 229-2024. Visit nearby Costa del Sol. Chocobo racing mini games. Genius. Creative. Whoever thought of that. Nice nice work. Um, I I think I'm just gonna get straight to the movies because I I've been watching so much shite lately. Um let, let's let's just do it and see how it how it goes. Alright. May, maybe I'll go rapid fire because I have been watching a lot of stuff. Um ra-da-ta-ta-ta. I watched No One Will Save You because Joe and Pat reviewed it on We'll See You in Hell. 2023 American science fiction horror film written, directed, and produced by Brian Duffield. The film stars Caitlin Dever. The the main gimmick of this movie is that almost no dialogue is spoken. I thought that was an interesting kind of hook. The opening scene, it's, like, creepy. You don't know exactly what's going on. And very quickly, you realize there's some sort of invasion, alien invasion happening. Spoiler alert. And overall, I liked the movie. Um, probably too long, you know. And I kind, I kind of wish the whole... You know, emotional trauma thing. It didn't really add to it that much. It would have, probably would have been cooler if it was just a short alien invasion type thing. You don't need to shoehorn this emotional trauma thing. I don't know. Um, I listened to Pat and Joe talk about it, and they they listed all the things that this was stealing from. And I I didn't I had not watched most of those things, so I I didn't realize this was derivative, but. I liked it. I thought it was effective and I liked the the main girl, Caitlin Dever, never seen her before. Uh, justified last man standing, unbelievable dope sick. Shrug. But she was great. Well, I watched American Nightmare because Pat mentioned it mentioned it. This is one of two things that Pat has mentioned. He he really hyped this up. He talked about it briefly, but he was like, this this documentary is amazing. Or I don't remember his, ex- his exact words, but he really hyped this documentary up. It's probably because Netflix puts out a lot of shitty documentaries. Um... A lot of platforms put out a lot of shitty documentaries because there's so much content out there and a lot of them are shoddily done. The two that I can think of off the top of my head are the Cecil Hotel documentary, I believe, on Netflix. And this dude starts talking and then the the little subtitle, caption, title card comes up and it's like, Facebook group moderator. And I was like... What the hell is happening? This is the best person you can get to interview for this documentary. Um I, I don't know. I think a lot of the documentaries are I don't low risk, low reward, just getting people who speculate, not getting answers, not getting any solid juicy stuff. Just getting oh hi, I I thought about the Cecil Hotel once let me tell you about it oh we have a mic and a camera let's let's record and then the other one was the the eruption at fakari i thought that documentary was horrible really bad um you know the they were the subjects of the documentary were talking about how the eruption went into there and everything turned black so the director of the documentary just showed a black screen. Uh, you can't do that. The, the editor, producer, someone should have went in there and said, you can't just show a black screen. That's, this isn't storytelling. Like, you got to do, do something. That one was probably one of the, if not the worst, documentary I've ever seen, or seen recently, for sure. Anyway. American Nightmare. It's it's fine. It's solid. I think Pat liked it a lot because they they figured everything out and gave, gave you all the answers. And a lot of these documentaries lately do not. And this one does. It's three episodes, 45 minutes each. It's quick. I binged it one after the other. It's fine. I don't want to spoil it. American Nightmare. It's about quote unquote the real life gone girl and it's another case about you know the media trying to spin it one way police not fully doing their job just trying to spin it one way so they don't have to actually do their job and uh, i might have spoiled it already but um watch it it's worth watching it's short it's it's good american nightmare um, next, I don't I don't know what that was. I don't know why I said it like that. I'm embarrassed. I should go back and take it out. I'm not going to. I I put on my list. I don't have to talk about this, but I'll, I'll be quick. It's a movie called Look Both Ways, a 2022 American rom com drama film re- directed by Wanuri Kahiu and written by April Prosser. It stars Lily Reinhart, who I was not... I've never seen before. I liked her a lot. I found her quite charming in this movie. And... Um, Luke Wilson, Andrea Savage, Aisha D., Danny Ramirez, David Corinne Sweat, and Nia Long. Basically, it's it's kind of a weird concept for a movie, but um, be at the beginning of the movie, it's two or it, it's a girl and a guy, and they're graduating from college, and they're they're good friends, and they end up having you know sexy time together, and so after that, the movie branches into two directions where. One side of the story shows what would have happened if she was pregnant, ends up having the baby, and how her life develops from there. But it also the movie also shows, at the same time, what would have happened if she was not pregnant, and how her life progresses from there. And she's an aspiring animator, or artist, illustrator, and you know it shows the ups and downs of both directions there was a filipino movie that did this i forget the name of it but um it starred jodi Mar- jodi oh my god is it jodi um jodi st vincent filipina Actress, just give it to me. Jody Santa Maria, I think I knew that, but I didn't know it. It starred Jody Santa Maria, and Sir Chief, I forget his name. And Jian Lim, and One Direction. She goes like with Jian Lim with this like hot young dude. And then the, in the other direction, she goes with Sir Chief, this older kind of reserved dude. And the movie shows what would happen if she went in both directions. Kind of interesting, but weird, because they don't tell you what's the real thing. They just... They present... That's the movie. Both directions. So... But... it Lily Reinhardt, she looks... I kept thinking she looks like, um, Brittany Murphy, you know, Brittany Murphy. Let's move on. I watched, well, I, I need to make this clear. I didn't watch. My wife started watching Look Both Ways, and I happened to wake up from my nap in a sleepy stupor. And I said, what's this racket? And so I watched Look Both Ways with her. And then she also started another movie called Dude. And Dude stars four women in their 40s playing four high school girls. And um, I don't know how that happened, but let me... Hold on, let me see. 34, 80. So Lucy Hale was, I'm going to say, 29 when she she was playing a high school senior. Catherine Prescott, you know, younger, 26 maybe. Alexandra Ship. It doesn't say her age. Um. And. <laughs> what's her face? Aquafina was 30. And she was filming a movie. Where she was a high school senior. And I know this has been a staple. Like you know. They make jokes about it. And Be- Beverly Hills 90210. These people were in their 40s. Playing high schoolers or whatever. Uh, a little weird, that's all I'm going to say. Um, Dude was, it says here, 2018 American coming-of-age comedy-drama film directed by Olivia Milch and written by Milch and Kendall McKinnon. It's, you know, fine. Spoiler alert for the movie Dude. A weird title, let's just say that. Also, I believe the movie starts with that song, "Na um, na 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 na," nah. it's the motherfucking boo boo boo, whatever it is, right? And then you have these four girls. I don't know it. Not a great way to start the movie, I'll say that. Um, it was all right. Spoiler alert for the movie, dude. But at the beginning of the movie, this um Elvis. Austin Butler is in the movie, and he ends up—spoiler alert—I said it third time—dying at the beginning of the film, and um, so they they kind of go through the re- repercussions of that because he was one of the main characters' brothers, brother, and. Right before he died, he told the other girl, who is the girl's best friend, that he loved her. And, you know, they're dealing with that, and they go through ups and downs. Also, there's a scene in this. Tell me if you think this is weird. There's a scene in this movie. It's a sexy time scene. When... Lucy Hale is like topless, and Alex Wolf is like is going down on her, but this is we are watching a high school- a high school girl, and I thought it was weird in fast times at Ridgemont High when that one girl was nude. I'm like this I know she's of age in reality, but within the confines of the fantasy fiction of this movie, she's in high school. And we are looking at a high school girl nude. And then here we are, and I'm thinking, oh, well, that was an old, older movie, it was of its time. Here we are in 2018, and seeing a high school boy go down on a high school girl. And the high school girl is topless. What's going on here? um a little weird i'll I'll just say that, but dude, you know you might wonder why is it called Dude? Well, in the middle of the movie, there's when the two best friends are arguing, they're like dude i had I had to get over so much, and then the other girl's like, "Dude, you have no idea, so that's why still doesn't justify the ridiculousness of that title. They should have called it... 40 Years to Life... Colon... How four 40-year-old women... Grew down... To play four high school girls. Let's move on. Um... Lucy Hale I-, I liked all the performances they were good um, it mostly focused on Lucy Hale who I was not really familiar with um, I heard her name before but I I don't know her and then the other girl Catherine Prescott where am I at time wise I'm only at 20 minutes so perhaps I have more time Do training day I watched Thanksgiving. And I wasn't planning to talk about that, so I don't have it pulled up. But, um, again, Pat and Joe really love this movie. And Pat was calling it one of the best slashers in years. After seeing half the movie because he was talking about watching the premiere and eli roth was there and the audio and picture was were shit but he was saying it was so fun and and then so i listened to their review on it and they both liked it a lot it's fine i do i i i feel like they're overrating the movie a bit but it's 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 a solid slasher movie and again, I'm, I'm not a big horror fan. I, I don't know much about the history. I haven't seen many horror films. But I thought it was a more than decent, solid slasher film. It, it doesn't elevate the genre. Again, I, I, I feel weird saying weird, um, generalized, sweeping statements about horror because I'm not a horror expert. That's, what I, that's why I said all that stuff three seconds ago. But I feel like it doesn't elevate the genre. It's not trying to. It did it's not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's just a straightforward, good, fun slasher. I did feel like I I, I might want to watch it again. Cause it, it it was fun. And you know the opening sequence is the Black Friday thing. And it's funny. And there are moments in it where it, it almost feels like parody, but it doesn't really completely go that way but again i it's fine i like um I like Eli Roth um I liked his documentary Finn um the main girl her name is not clickable on Wikipedia; her name is Nell. Verlack and I think one of the main problems I had with the movie is that I didn't really care about anyone in it maybe the only one I cared about was the quote unquote final girl Nell Verlack but I didn't care about anyone else so when they died I was like who cares um Adam McDonald provides the voice of John Carver. I don't know who that is. So, you know, I liked X a lot better. X felt it it felt new and fresh to me even though I it's probably not and it's probably the same thing a, a very straight down the number the numbers is that by the numbers by the numbers um, slasher, and um, but I liked X a lot more than Thanksgiving. Not that you need to compare, but there is a, um, a sequel in the works. By the way, I watched the trailer for Eli Roth's upcoming Borderlands and it uh, it doesn't look good like i i hate i hate that i i look at the comments but i i can't help it it's a compulsive thing that i do even if it's a short video no matter what it is i look at the comments i think a lot of people do it i i hate that i do i said that already but sometimes the comments are on point you know The main, the first comment I saw was, we have Guardians of the Galaxy at home, implying like, why would we go out and watch the new Borderlands movie when we have Guardians of the Galaxy at home? It it does feel very Guardians of the Galaxy. It feels very Thor Ragnarok. Um, People were saying they should have gotten, I'm not familiar with Borderlands. I have never played the game, so I'm not familiar people were saying they should have gotten the original voice actor for claptrap or something. There's like a robot voiced by Jack black and people were saying they should have just gotten the original VO. Um, There's a little girl. I think her name's Tina, tiny Tina. I don't know who the girl is. Um, Kevin Hart is in it. People are saying he's miscast. He's doing an impression of the rock. Um Kate Blanchett is in it. I don't know. The the trailer did not look good. And it sucks because Borderlands, I believe, is a popular video game franchise. Eli Roth is a a popular um director at this point. And I just you know, I just mentioned I I like the dude, and I don't know he he co-wrote the screenplay with Joe Crombie. It's coming out August ninth. I I can't imagine it, a lot of people are gonna go watch it. Um, I I don't know. It was announced the film would be going through two weeks of reshoots directed by Tim Miller due to Roth's commitments to Thanksgiving. While Roth would not be involved with the reshoots, he remained attached to the film and gave Miller his blessing. Mason removed his name from the project, replaced by Joe Crombie. Mazin denied reports that Crombie was his pseudonym. Pseudonym. Um I'm I'm surprised there there's no comment on the Wikipedia page saying the trailer was released and mostly got bad reviews. Pendelet is is a cameo in the movie. I don't know. I I guess you you can't judge a movie by its trailer but sometimes you can, I think. Um I don't know, um let's go back to the Excel sheet I'm at the thirty minute mark. I watched Leave the World Behind because Pat and Joe reviewed it as well. I thought the movie was fine um probably too slow, probably too long. <clears throat> Pardon me Leave the world behind I'm getting sleepy I'm just sitting here I am exerting no energy At all And I'm getting sleepy (laughs) Leave the world behind Is a 2023 American Apocalyptic psychological thriller film di- written and directed by Sam Ismail is based on the 2020 novel by Ruma'an Alam. The film stars Julia Roberts, Sha- Maher Shala Ali, Ethan Hawke, Maihala, and Kevin Bacon. Um, The... The gist of the movie is at the beginning of the movie, Julia Roberts is married to Ethan Hawke, and they have two kids, a boy and a girl. And they rent an. They decide to rent an Airbnb, kind of a staycation or something like that. And then in the middle of the night, Maharshala Ali and his daughter come knocking on the door and they say this is our house we own it and they don't force themselves in and they're not trying to impose themselves they're just saying there's stuff going on in the city we there's a blackout can we stay here and then julia roberts is like i know this is your house but we rent we rented it i'm sure there's we have rights or privileges in this case, blah, 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 blah. And the movie is atmospheric and it gets creepier and weird stuff keeps happening. And by the end, basically, it's it's kind of like an end of the world scenario. It's the beginning of the end of the world. And it starts with cutting off electricity and it it's, appears that they're going to war. Spoiler alert or leave the the world behind. Um, I listened to Pat and Joe's episode. They said it's, again, stealing from a bunch of things, derivative. And I actually watched Twilight Zone Season 1, Episode 22 on um, Paramount Plus, The Monsters Are Jew on Maypal Street. And it is is interesting how... um, Rod Sterling, he wrote and, and created. Uh, I, did he create the Twilight Zone? Uh, let me see. Twilight Zone. Give me the Wikipedia's. Created by Rod Sterling. It, it, so he created the Twilight created uh the twilight zone and their episodes are 20 minutes maybe a little bit more so creative and so concise and it is interesting how rod sterling was able to accomplish that and a lot of episodes too and you know twilight zone has had a movie has had many revivals and um jordan peels which the few episodes i saw i Did not really like. Um, Black Mirror. Obviously an influence. I mean. Was obviously influenced by the Twilight Zone. And I like a lot of the. Episodes of Black Mirror. I haven't seen the new season. But. um, But. the Monsters are due on Maple Street. It's 20-22 minutes. And basically. The. The electricity cuts out, and immediately they start, like, suspecting each other, like, because this boy tells a story, no, they, I read a story about these aliens coming, and one of them looks like a human, they start suspecting each other immediately, and then within minutes, they're at each other's throats, and then it pans out, and there's these two alien guys, and they're like, see, all you gotta do is take away their electricity, and they'll they'll fight each other. And this is just one street. We can do this on every street. da da da, da. So, I mean, after watching The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, I agree that um, Leave the World Behind took a lot of that and expanded it into a more than two-hour affair, which they didn't need to. But still, I like the performances. Um, I like the atmosphere. And I liked the movie fine. I didn't love it. I'll probably forget about it soon. And um, that's it. Kevin Bakes playing a creep. By the way, Kevin Bacon was in a, a movie called The Woodsman. Snow White and The Woodsman. And... He, he played a, a, a pedophile, and he gets out of, the, out of jail in the beginning of the movie, and he comes back to town. He secures work, and everyone's like, what's with this freak? I'm like, I heard he was a pedophile. And towards the end of the movie, he's sitting on a park bench with a girl. And he's talking to her. He befriends her. He's like, you want to sit on my lap? And she's like, no. It's real weird. And at the end of the movie, there's like this weird triumphant music. As if the audience is supposed to feel like everything's going to be okay. He is a good man and he deserves to be free. And I was thinking, wait a minute, don't. Don't you, don't you remember a few minutes ago? He asked that little girl to sit on his lap. And I feel like the movie is saying, no, 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 no. He, remember when she asked, do you still want me to sit on your lap? Because I will if you want me to. And then he said, no, he's cured. I don't think he was cured, folks. Um, I think they should put that man back in jail but that's just me where am I at time wise 38 minutes let's start talking about Training Day Training Day is a 2001 American crime thriller film directed by Antoine Fuqua and written by David Ayer it stars Denzel Washington as Alonzo Harris and Ethan Hawke as Jake Hoyt two LAPD narcotics officers over a 24-hour period in the gang-ridden neighborhoods of Westlake, Echo Park, and South Central L.A. Um, I like this movie a lot. I'd never seen it before. I, I think I tried watching The Beginning a while ago, and then for whatever reason, I stopped. But I finally watched it, and I liked it. Denzel is... He's one of the greats he 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 really is one of the greats and this performance I imagine most if not all black actors watch this movie for Denzel's performance and I don't mean i, I hope no one takes that offensive but i i I imagine will a young will Smith watching this performance even though will Smith was probably pretty far along in his career in 2001 but if anyone wants to play a black cop i i'm i bet they would watch this movie and be like watch denzel see how he does it don't copy him but just see how one of the greats does it um i really liked the writing of the movie and um where did I read? Um, it received generally positive reviews from critics who praised Washington and Hawk's performances but were divided on the screenplay. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. The movie also... Fe- Voice crack. The movie also features Scott Glenn, Eva Mendez, Yauza, Cliff Curtis, and... Snoop Dogg, in a great scene, he plays a, a a a dude in a wheelchair. He's agitated, and he's like, "Fuck y'all!" Where and he's like, "Where's the drugs?" Fuck y'all! I don't have no drugs. He's really good in the scene. I will say, less effective was Dr. Dre who plays kind of a minor role. He's like a a cop, but a dirty cop, I guess. And I will say significantly less effective was Macy Gray, who I didn't recognize and who I don't believe knows how to hold a cigarette. Let me see your your warrant. I tried to say goodbye with my soap. Da ba da ba ba, boom, 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 boom. Where's Macy Gray at? Um, according to Wikipedia, she is still, <laughs> still active. She's 56 years old, not that that matters. She attended the USC and studied script writing. Um, I'm not sure when that was if that was recently or uh, I don't, why am I reading about Macy Gray um, Macy Gray welcome to training day here here's why so there is that comment on the Wikipedia page people were divided on the screenplay But first, I want to comment that Ethan Hawke is playing so good as this, like, kind of a noob. He's a police officer, but he wants to get into narcotics because he wants to clean the drug-ridden streets of Los Angeles. And... Denzel's like you 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 got to play the game, you got to learn the game. And Ethan Hawke is really good playing like nervous and uncomfortable. I really I thought um Get Out was a masterpiece. But one thing that I I I'm sure people commented on it but Daniel Kaluuya's abil, ability to play just uncomfortable Because everyone talked about that movie because of the race stuff, obviously. And that's what makes that movie great. But me, personally, I related to him just being really uncomfortable and nervous in that house. And Ethan Hawke does a similar thing here, where he's just kind of uncomfortable with the situation that he's put in. Ethan Hawke also in Leave the World Behind, and he was great, playing a completely different character, of course. And um, here's why I think people were divided, and I'm going to try to look for the reviews on this Wikipedia page. But they show moments where Alonzo Harris is having he's having like a heart-to-heart conversation with Ethan Hawke's character in the car, and he's like, I know you're a good man. I know you're a leader. I know you want to make change, but you have to make change from the inside. You have to learn the game. You have to play the game. These streets, they don't play fair. You have to get in good with bad people so you can bust the really bad people you know there's a give and take there's a compromise and he he's trying to teach him that and there's also that one moment when he's at eva mendez's house and he's looking at his son and he's like como esta hijo esta creciendo and it's just like a nice moment between him and his son. Crescendo, I looked up, means you're growing. And in music terms, crescendo means to get louder. How about that? Anyway, um, so this is why I think audiences were divided at the end, because I feel like Alonzo Harris was trying to impart some wisdom to Ethan Hawke. And was trying to relay information and trying to tell him. Well, I already said it, but if you really want to make change, you you gotta, you have to play the game, and it's not a fun game to play. But you have to do it if you want to make change. And then by the end, you know they have this. That situation where Alonzo Harris shoots his quote-unquote friend, Scott Glenn, and he does it to, to take his money, because he needs money, to pay off these Russians, because the Russians are going to kill him if he doesn't give money by midnight. And they try to pin the shooting on Ethan Hawke's character. And... By the end of the movie, spoiler alert for Training Day, which came out in 2001. He ends up like Ethan Hawke stops him. And Denzel doesn't have the money. And then they shoot him dead. And then as I thought about this ending, I'm like, I don't know. It it doesn't really flow that well. The movie is very good. The performances are Excellent. But I feel like you can't show Alonzo Harris having a heart-to-heart conversation with Jake Hoyt. And you can't have him having a heart-to-heart with his son. And then just have him be completely corrupt and then just die at the end. It's not really satisfying. It's not really a... It's not a great ending, in my opinion. And I'm not saying that every ending has to have everyone survive or live or have a happy ending or tie up all the bows, but according to this movie, Alonzo Harris, who was by some accounts, you know, a dirty cop, but with a good heart, ends up dying. And then Ethan Hawke gets to live and go home to his wife, but then where does that put you in the future? Ethan Hawke's probably not going to get into narcotics. He's not going to make any changes, and he didn't follow Alonzo Harris's footsteps, so nothing's going to change. So that's why I think um, people were reported. Now I'm going to see what the reviews are like. I didn't want to read it beforehand, because I didn't want to influence. The ending may be less than satisfying. Uh-huh. But Denzel Washington reminds us why he's such a great actor in this taut and brutal police drama. Roger Ebert said: Washington seems to enjoy a performance that's over the top and down the other side. Ebert gave the film three out of four stars, praising both the lead and supporting actors and the film's gritty kinetic energy. He noted several holes, and wrote that a lot of people are going to be leaving the theater as I did wondering about the logic and plausibility of the last 15 minutes. Hollywood Reporter gave a positive review. Washington ventures into the dark side as a seriously corrupt narcotics cop and the results are electrifying. So is the picture, thanks to Taot, that's the second time, on this page that they have used the word Taot Sinewy direction by Antoine Fuqua and a compelling script by David Ayer. Denzel's performance was highly praised by critics. Village Voice wrote that his old-fashioned combination of decency and sexiness suggests the African-American counterpart to Gregory Peck. As an LAPD cop so evil he makes Harvey Keitel's bad lieutenant look like even smaller potatoes than he was meant to be. That's all it says. There's it's weird. There's not uh, there's not a lot written about this movie. Or at least not on the Wikipedia page. And then if I go to Denzel Washington's page um I would I would I was expecting going to his filmography and then going to Training Day and then on the notes it'll be like Nominated for this, nominated for that, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. There's literally nothing. 2001, Training Day, Alonzo Harris, notes, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Weird. A little weird. But this movie made me want to watch the entire Denzel Washington catalog. I've only seen a few movies of his. He's in Gladiator 2, timely, 24 hours, 24 years after the fact. I want to see the Equalizer trilogy. I saw the little things. I liked it. Pat and Joe thought he was mailing his performance in. I I, I liked his performance. He's always great, obviously. Oh, I saw The Magnificent Seven. I, I kind of... Didn't care about it. I saw Flight, not the best movie, but he's always good, as I said. I saw Remembering the Titans. He is one of the greatest, and now I want to watch everything. Of his, he's going to be in something called, he's producing a movie called The Piano Lesson. Um, what was I looking at? Uh, Anton Fuqua. I didn't realize Anton Fuqua was making movies since two thousand one or even before. Let me look at Anton Fuqua and David Ayer. David Ayer made the Suicide Squad, the first bad one. He also made Bright. And Fury and End of Watch. He directed and produced the Beekeeper, which I heard was good. And I was like happy to see that David Ayer was still working. But I think that was when I didn't know who David Ayer was. The film received Beekeeper received generally positive reviews and grossed 149 million. Worldwide Mr. Worldwide Antoine Fuqua According to Wikipedia Replacement Killers He directed 98 And he's been working steadily A lot with That's my dog A lot with Denzel Why is my dog doing this? Right at the end Why? Why? She's singing. She she knows that everyone in this house... Oh, I think my wife just got home. Great. Michael is an upcoming American biographical musical drama film about the life of the American... Okay. (laughs) I thought it was going to be about Michael Jordan. That's why I was that's why I was mess uh, um, okay this makes a lot more sense biographical musical drama film about the life of American singer dancer Michael Jackson Um, it will star Jackson's nephew Jafar (laughs) come on man Jafar Jackson your eternal reward Why would they name him Jafar? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sure. It's spelled different. All right? It's spelled different. You know that... (laughs) You know 80% of people who ever see or hear that name is going to think of 1992's Aladdin. Come on. Come on. I'm going to Google image Jafar Jackson. I'm sorry. This is inappropriate. Um, well, he kind of looks like Michael Jackson. A little bit. I can see it. That's all I got. I'm only at 55 minutes, but that's all I got. Um, Training day, go watch it. Number one reason, Denzel Washington. Number two reason, Ethan Hawke. Number three reason, Eva Mendes. Thank you for listening. I hope you are well. Take care of yourselves. We are going to, um, we are all very excited. And when I say we, I mean me. About to release the Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. I played the demo and I kept dying. I died like three times. I'm like, fuck this. But yeah, that's all I got. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Be kind to each other. Don't abandon each other to the wolves. Thanks for listening and say hi to your pets for me.